Hey everyone, welcome back to Takeout. Uh, we know it's been a while since we last released an episode, um, but it's December now, which I guess on the bright side means that we're closer to the end of 2020, so yay for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that doesn't, I obviously it doesn't excuse us from not releasing an episode, and so just like everyone else, we've been going through 2020 as well, but we promise that this episode and the next one will definitely be more consistent. Um, we'll have another one out in exactly one week from when this one is releasing, so that'll be really cool and be on the lookout for that. Um, But yeah, today we'll be covering the third part of the Model Minority series that we're going through, and we'll specifically be be talking about how being called the Model Minority pits us against other minorities and harms our relationships and understanding with and of them. Um, So I guess in this episode, we'll definitely be covering some of the root issues with the Model Minority myth, um, and that's something that we want to definitely talk about more going forward in the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. Thanks for introducing, Stephen. So yeah. For Asian Americans, it might be easy to think, like, what is so bad about being viewed as the model minority, right? Or we worked really hard for where we're at, so why not be called this? Um, I think, like, it is true that we did work hard, we continue to do so, and there's no denying that, right? Like, as individuals, we're all working as hard as we can to just be happy to be successful in our own way. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that other ethnic minorities don't work as hard as us and by treating this as a compliment at face value we're discounting a lot of the underlying effects that it may have on our relationships with ethnic minorities and just like the perception of these other ethnic minorities by like Mm -hmm. taking this as a compliment just for us yeah and so i think we wanted to start off the episode with just a brief history lesson of like how this term model minority came to be So it began in 1966 when a sociologist named William Peterson coined the term model minority in a New York Times magazine article called, quote-unquote, success story, Japanese-American style. And in this article, he discusses how the Japanese were able to overcome the discrimination that they faced when they were placed into internment camps during World War II. And so after he discussed how the Japanese-American lifestyle had grown to kind of evolve and they were able to overcome these kinds of discriminations or difficulties and obstacles they faced while they were in America during those times, um, a lot of other news outlets and media began to use this term. So, you know, this term model minority is definitely not something that's a new thing. It was coined, you know, maybe 60 years ago um, in America. And, you know, it's kind of kept with us ever since then. So I guess that kind of brings us to the next point, which I think Jules will be covering, which is like, okay, well, why is this such a bad thing? Yeah, uh, before I became like semi-woke and met all my woke friends, um, I definitely didn't understand why the model minority myth was so controversial. Um, Mm -hmm. To me, it seemed harmless, right? Like, it just shows that Asians work hard and thus deserve this title, or I guess work Mm -hmm. harder than other people for where we've gotten. Um, But actually, no, something that is often forgotten is that there were really restrictive immigration laws preventing Asians from specific geographic backgrounds from coming to America. But when they were lifted, there were still restrictions on who could come. In 1965, only Asians who already had family in America could immigrate or those who were highly educated professionals, such as doctors or engineers, in an attempt to recruit talent. So when this term was coined, it made it seem like Asians were just better than other minorities, when in reality, most of the Asians that were allowed and in the United States already had much better standing than those in other communities. Wow, yeah, and I think that's definitely a history fact that a lot of people don't really know about the Asian American community within America. You know, people Mm -hmm. always 
And I guess we discussed this in a previous episode on the model minority myth, but people always discount, you know, like the the diverse experiences that Asians have in America. And they just look at all of the really professional lawyers and whatever doctors that we are. And so, yeah, I think that's something really yeah. important that we should pay attention to when we talk about how this model minority kind of coined term came to be. But yeah, I think I definitely agree with that. Um, but beyond that, you know, what makes the model minority myth controversial? It, it suggests that there is no racial disparity in America. You know, that because Asian Americans are doing well, then that means there's no such thing as racism or there's no such thing as discrimination. And that every minority has the same opportunity as the majority. But we know this, this is that this is completely untrue. You know, racism still exists. And especially for the African-American community, you know, things like redlining their neighborhoods, um, a lack of investment in their neighborhoods, the list goes on and on. And, you know, that kind of racism definitely does exist still today, as we can see in a lot of the police brutality or the Black Lives Matter movement. But I think what also is, is really uh, controversial about the model minority myth is that the harmful conservative rhetoric often centers around the notion that, you know, African-American failure and Asian success cannot be explained by, you know, inequities and racism. You know, a lot of conservatives will tell you, hey, like, there's no racism in America because Asians are doing well and they're a minority and that that because the African-Americans aren't doing well, that just means they failed themselves. You know, and so I think that um, is also another part of why, you know, it makes this difficult kind of narrative that there's no racial disparity in America. This conservative rhetoric also ignores a lot of the selective recruitment of highly educated Asian immigrants that Jules mentioned earlier that has played into a lot of the Asian American success. You know, like when African Americans came to America way back in history, you know, they weren't brought here, they were brought here largely against their will. Whereas a lot of the Asian Americans who came to America recent in recent history are highly educated, which a lot of this kind of rhetoric often overlooks a lot. And finally, I think there's that this flawed argument that, you know, hard work and family values can overcome more than two centuries of black enslavement or discrimination that have occurred um, even in recent history. You know, there's this idea that like, oh, there's no racial disparity in America because, you know, Asians were able to overcome these things and that, you know, as long as you work hard that you can overcome them. But as you can see, like the black community still faces a lot of uphill battles in terms of, you know, how they can get a proper education and other things like that. And so as a result of all of these kind of kinds of conflicts, it leads to kind of things, in my opinion, that like lead to, you know, harmfully combining the anti-Asian racism and anti-black racism. You know, like Asian Americans have faced discrimination and racism um, as seen by, you know, the Japanese being sent into incarceration camps, but also, you know, racism in recent times, like the China virus, for example. But at the same time, you know, fundamentally, our struggles are very different from the structural and institutional discrimination that the black community has faced from enslavement to segregation to ongoing police brutality. And that just obviously it shows that, you know, we are still treated better than a lot of the other minorities within America. You know, we aren't viewed as negatively as the black community or the Latino community, so to speak. And so I think it's definitely our responsibility as the Asian American community to make this a point. And so if you guys want to read something that's really interesting that I thought was really cool, there's this article that was published by Time, which is titled Asian Americans are still caught in the trap of the model minority stereotype, and it creates inequality for all. So if you guys are interested in reading more about, you know, some of the things I mentioned here, I think that would be a really great article um, to read. But I guess I'll pass it off to Jules because I've been speaking for like a while now um, <laughs> about, you know, how else the, the model minority myth is controversial. Yeah, so I think the model minority myth also enforces the idea that Asian Americans are good law abiding and productive citizens, which is, I guess, like good in a way if you like 
care about the government and like institutions <laughs> um, and aren't like super radical and don't just want to abolish everything. But um, so yeah, while like this could be like good in some way, it also promotes that stereotypes that other minorities are criminals or welfare dependent, which is incredibly racist and just pits us against um I mean, I just like just have to say it like the black and African-American communities. Right. Let's just face it head on. Like these are the people who we as Asian-Americans are constantly pit against because people Mm -hmm. say, oh, like Asian-Americans are so good. Like they're so law abiding. They're so quiet. Like why can't black or African-Americans just be that way? Um, And this is, I think, one of the main areas of target where we have to speak up and like be an ally and be responsible about the fact that this is a stereotype that's being used to harm other minorities. Um, And I think it was very obvious for all of us during the onset of the Black Lives Matter movement, or at least like for me personally, where whether it was blatant racism or historically ingrained racism, I felt like older Asian Americans in my circles or even fellow peers would question some of the the tragedies that happened within the Black and African American community. I would hear things like, well, maybe he did have a knife or, why was he running away if he didn't do anything wrong, right? And I feel like Mm -hmm. if that was, like, someone who was Asian or, like, you know, someone who looked like you, you would probably be like, no, no way. Like, why would they do that to him? And you'd you'd feel devastated. And I think that people just didn't have the same, like, visceral reactions when they saw these murders. Like, it was often that they would be like, oh, maybe there is a reason why, like, that person was murdered in the street, right? And I think, Mm -hmm. like, these were just things that, that shocked me to the core that like I would still hear people saying and it definitely is stemmed from the model minority myth and these stereotypes that are like put on Asian Americans and that Asian Americans have begun to kind of like swallow and ingrain in their own like sense of personality. So have you heard or like seen anything like this Stephen? Yeah, I definitely have. I think within my family and even just like all the immediate surroundings of our community, you know, there's this idea that like we don't give the black community the benefit of the doubt you know, like ever, you know, like whenever something happens, you know, whether that was the looting that occurred during the Black Lives Matter movement, or, you know, any of the incidents that were would be deemed horrific by, you know, anyone else. Um, we kind of have this, like, I guess, nonchalant way of just saying, and like, not nonchalant, but like insensitive way of saying, like, always con- thinking like, oh, you know, the, the victim is, could have had a knife or something like that. Or like, why do they have to loot? You know, like, I'm okay with the Black Lives Matter movement and like, but they always have to loot and make it such a big deal. But like, I think there's this kind of sense of oversimplification, if you know what I'm saying. Whereas like for the Asian American community, when we view the struggles and the kind of outcry of the black community, we kind of think like, oh, this is too extreme. But we never really understand or experience what the black community has to go through in America. And we kind of pass this kind of judgment on like, you know, like what they're doing is too much or, you know, like they could have a knife or they could be running away or, you know, we always try to push this kind of like really, I guess, um, intense narrative on, you know, the black community. We're like, why did they have to be like this? Why do they have to do like that or like act like that? So it's like, that's what I hear a lot of the times. And I think it's related to you, like in what, in what you were talking about. Um, so I definitely agree. Like, there's a lot of that in the Asian American community, both in, you know, our generation and the younger generation, but also, you know, especially in the older generation of Asian Americans. Yeah, so I guess, um, moving on to the next part, you know, obviously, we've talked about how the the model minority myth hurts, um, you know, the black community and other minorities, but it also hurts, you know, our relationships with them. But why is this specifically harmful to the Asian American Pacific Islander community? 
Yeah, sure. Um, we'll step away from like the bigger picture for a second and just want to point out some unnoticed consequences that come from the title that we don't see. Uh, while we don't necessarily face outright discrimination, or at least Stephen and I don't personally, um, there are definitely aspects where we're still treated just as a minority. There are plenty of studies that show that in the workforce, when comparing white male or Asian males with the same experiences and ratings, Asian men are consistently rated lower in certain characteristics than teamwork and leadership. Common knowledge that while many Asians hold high paying jobs, they struggle to break into leadership roles in major companies. Um, that's totally true. I feel like I, maybe because I'm a female, but definitely because I'm a minority, um, I don't really get a lot of say in a lot of the things that I do at work. Or sometimes I'll say something or I'll comment something. Mm -hmm. um, and then somebody else who is white, like, says it after me in the same thread and then their comment gets noticed and i'm just like mm. what the hell guys and <laughs> i don't really point it out because i'm like if you scrolled up like the receipts are there um right and so these are just like small things that i'm noticing we're kind of just like is proving as a barrier for us to move forward um and to have like bigger voices in the spaces that we're in yeah i think that's a great point i think just if even looking at the board of directors of you know say the top 100 companies in the u.s you know it's it's like a very very commonplace for like the the white population to be very well represented within you know high-ranking positions and you know not even just asians but even beyond asians you know minorities are still left um out of kind of these high-level positions so i think you know having this model minority myth title definitely still hurts us because we still are a minority um, but I think something else that definitely hurts the Asian API community is that it creates a lot of tensions with fellow minorities that, that we really should be allies with. And I know we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I think this is something explicit that we want to talk about, about how, you know, this title is harmful in our in our relationships with our allies you know in a sense we're kind of this poster child of minorities in america you know it's easy for the majority to say like why can't the black or latino communities be more like the asians and so i guess you know one thing that i wanted to ask about this specifically is like whether we've seen you know this kind of comment or idea reflected you know in our families or in other asian american environments the idea that you know other minorities should be like asians how about you yeah um I guess, I mean, it's a little embarrassing to say, but I've definitely, like, seen this in my family um, and something that I, like, subscribed to when I was younger um, just because I didn't know any better, right? They, like, I just, like, noticed, like, you know, sometimes my family members kind of, like, going to the other side of the street or, like, clutching their purse, like, when a Black man would, like, you know, go towards us. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think like these are small things that definitely create these tensions with our fellow minorities um, who have it much worse than us and that we definitely should be allies for who we should be speaking for, um, not in their place, but definitely like just being their ally and just like, I don't know, just pointing out the fact that we are treated better um, and mm -hmm. just pointing this to our close circles and our families and just saying that, hey, like these small comments like perpetuate norms that are harmful towards like our fellow human beings, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that these small comments like mean a lot in the sense of the bigger picture. And the sooner we can get rid of them, the sooner we can start thinking that, you know, they're, they are treated differently. Black and African-Americans and even Latino Americans are treated differently than us and at much worse conditions. Yeah. And I think, you know, how we kind of make these small comments or these microaggressions definitely goes to show that, you know, there is this mentality where, we kind of view ourselves where, you know, we aren't like the other minorities, you know, that we are a part of this wealthy majority in the US. And I think, 
you know, that mentality can be really, I think, toxic, but also delusional for the Asian American community. Um, because, at you know, in reality, the Asian American, you know, civil rights, um, and especially our standing as a minority in the U.S., will move with the rest of the minorities at the end of the day, right? Like, we benefited when we arrived from a lot of the kind of groundwork and foundation that the African American community and Black community in America kind of set for us with the civil rights movement, with, like, Martin Luther King Jr. and, you know, Rosa Parks and all the prominent figures of that time. You know, that kind of laid the groundwork for, you know, America changing its way and, you know, opening up to minorities. And, you know, we I still think we have a long way to go in terms of just how we accept minorities, whether regardless of your skin color. But I think that that we have benefited a lot from, you know, the work that a lot of other, you know, ethnic groups and minorities have fought for their in terms of their rights in America. And I think, yeah, I think definitely, you know, we need to be allies with the my other minorities, because they're fighting the same fight that we should be fighting with them, because we are also a minority. And I think that's something that we really don't stress enough, um, as the kind of Asian American community. And I think finally, you know, it hurts the Asian American community the most in that a lot of the Asian population is kind of viewed at with disdain by a lot of the um, a lot of the other minorities. You know, there are a lot of kind of minorities who feel ostracized or feel kind of, um, I guess, left out by the fact that the Asian American population won't be their allies. You know, like we always try to distance ourselves from, you know, these other minority groups. And I also just think that, you know, obviously the minorities have a bad view of us now. And I think that the kind of specifically the black community probably views us very, very similarly in a lot of ways that we view them. Um, and that can lead, that's not necessarily, you know, founded from truth or from, you know, anything specific, but it just might just be from the fact that, you know, we view them negatively and then thus they view us negatively. So I think that's something that I really would hope to see change in that, you know, we can continue to break those barriers down and try to really interact with, um, the other communities and the other minority groups that we kind of live with in America and we all interact with them on a daily basis, but truly getting to kind of interrogating our um, our internal biases and all that. So I think that's something that I definitely wanted to end the episode on with like something, you know, we can think about a little bit in terms of our relationships with our minority, other minorities. How about you, Jules? Is there anything you think that, you know, Asian Americans can definitely work on or can definitely think about in terms of um, how we handle our relationships with other minorities and how, you know, the model minority myth might affect that. Um, Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. I think definitely just being honest and upfront and having these conversations within our circles. Um, I think it's also important kind of just like not go up to your friends or your coworkers or anyone like that, that you know, even people you think may you may be really close to who are black or African American and be like, hey, I'm so sorry that like my community is doing this because I don't really think that's helping um, and just kind of making it about us, the Asian Americans. So I think it's mm-hmm. just important to kind of like nip it in the bud within our communities, kind of just like speak within our communities and have like these conversations with our family and friends who, you know, are doing these microaggressions who may have these thoughts. Um so yeah, I think that's like my two cents on the the whole thing that we can do just like that's tangible um, and easy to do. Yeah, awesome. And I think that's all we have for this episode on the kind of uh, model minority pitting us against other minorities in America. But uh, we definitely want you to stay in tune um, for our next episode where we will be kind of packaging all of these three kind of parts together. Um, to kind of put it into like this holistic view of the model minority myth while also 
um, kind of calling to action some of the things that we think that the Asian American community can definitely work on uh, going forward with regards to the model minority myth.